Okay, so I have loved Maybelline since I became aware of it when I was, you know, probably 13, 14. I have used Maybelline for that long. And their new Lifter Plump Lip Gloss is absolutely insane. It is so fabulous. It gives me the perfect puffy pout. And one thing about me is I always have a lip on. Like I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth and I apply a lip. I'm I'm just that girl. I'm sorry. I have to. And I'm obsessed with this new Lifter Plump. Okay. Here's why. There's a little heat in it and it just makes your lips look so kissable, so perfect, so divine. I'm obsessed, quite frankly. Can you take the heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for Smart Energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how Smart Energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Good morning, guys. Happy, happy Monday. I hope everybody had a delightful weekend. I hope that I survived the Hamptons. I'm pre-recording this in the unlikely event or the likely event that I do, um, in fact, perish this weekend in the Hamptons because you know how I feel about it. And one day I will work out with my lawyer, Scott, how I can get around the NDA and tell you all the story of the Hamptons last year. It's so funny, isn't it? Like how so much can change in a year, especially when you go to the same place. Um, almost a year apart, which is last year, I, w- I went right around this time. And I had truly the Menti Bee of all Menti Bees. It was such a comedy of errors. It was hysterical. Anyway, one day I'll tell you this story. I'm recording this in case um, I die because I'm around too much waspiness or uh, I don't know, something like that. I'm just kidding. I'm sure I had a lovely time. I got going to see lots of my friends. I'm going to see Neil, who's hosting um, a benefit for his uh, foundation. And I'm going to host an event for Bandier, which is one of my favorite brands, the loveliest people, and they make the coolest tank tops, those tank tops that I never take off. I think it's called the Rivington tank top, and it's literally my favorite piece of clothing. I digress. 
a while ago, I told you guys that I wanted to start a new series called Top Five. And it could be a short thing like, okay, top five lip glosses I'm obsessed with, <laughs> top five salads. I mean, I, I need more than five before it's about salads. But today I bring you top five podcast episodes that changed my life. And I like lists. I don't know if it's because I have various strands of mental illness or because I'm a Virgo or just because I like lists, but I just love a list. And I also love curation, which is why I tried to provide a lot of those things to you guys, because there's just too much out there, isn't there? You know, there's too much, there's too much of everything. And it's really hard to know what to listen to, what to consume, what to eat, what to put on your face. Anyway, I digress again. Now, very important banana brigade listen up this is for you i'm not saying these are the best five episodes of the podcast of of any podcasts out there i'm not saying that i've listened to all of them i'm saying these are five that changed my life materially and you guys know me i get quite i get quite affected by things in a good way as in well good and a bad way i i can read a book and it will genuinely change the way that i live my life which i is one of my favorite things about myself because i'm trying to always improve and i listen to people and and you know what it's two sides of the same sword i i ask for a lot of advice by way of reading and consuming um, different people's opinions and therefore i like to give it as well when asked and sometimes unsolicited too so i could probably do about 10 of these episodes but I'm going to start here. And it was really hard to narrow down the list. And um, I'll try to go through them and tell you what I took away from them, not really spoil what's in them per se. Um, but I will, I'm, I am going to provide some highlights just in case you're feeling a bit lazy and you don't feel like listening to those episodes and you just want to listen to my podcast um, and you just want the highlights. Also, I want to take a minute to say podcasting is more difficult than you think. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I mean that in the sense of I secretly thought when I would get on here, I would just run my mouth and, you know, ramble away and it would be fine. And I have had to work at it. I'm by no means a good podcaster yet, but I try hard to be 1% every, better every day as I talk about with you guys. Um, but I think to me, a good podcast is quite difficult. It's, it's a mix of, you know, you have to listen to people, you have to ask the right questions, you have to uh, have a good cadence, you can't say like, you can't say, um, there's a lot to think about. And so much more than I ever, so much more than I ever thought. And now that I have my own podcast, when I listen to other people's, I'm like, damn, you're really good at that. Or wow, you're an amazing interviewer or whatever. So without further ado, I'm going to dive in. And this is in no particular order. Okay. The first one is uh, Glennon Doyle. Uh, she has a podcast called We Can Do Hard Things. And if you have been following me for a while, you know that a while back I read Untamed. And like the rest of the world, I became completely obsessed with her. And it was a book that changed my life. And then I listened to her podcast, not regularly, but you know when there's someone who I like on it or whatever. And the episode that I really changed my life is very recent. I think like two weeks ago, it's with Chelsea Handler. And Chelsea Handler is one of my idols. I look up to her very much. I really, really just think she's a fantastic person. I'll tell you why. Because she's a woman who is capable of change. And she's very honest with everyone about everything that she does and how she's worked on herself. And um, I, I mean, obviously this is, I, I, I see a bit of myself in her, 
Um, and I hope that's not rude to, to say to her because she's literally the coolest person alive, but I see we have some similarities. And I, when I was on her podcast, Chelsea's, I, she was so kind to me and she gave me really good advice and she's just a fantastic person whose career I think is, I, I admire a lot anyway. So she dated Joe Coy for almost a year and everybody was so bought in on their relationship. Everybody was so happy for them. It was literally the internet's relationship. Um, I I felt, talk about feeling joy in your bones for other people. I felt like I had a boyfriend. I was like, oh, we all have a boyfriend now because Chelsea does. And it was just, their love was so pure and they were kind enough to share it with, with everybody. And then about two weeks ago, she announced that they broke up. And I think I'm about 0.00001% as famous as Chelsea Handler. But when I broke up with my boyfriend in the public eye, it was fucking traumatic and stressful. And I didn't handle it in the best way possible. Um, But trust Chelsea to do it in the coolest, most thoughtful way that honestly serves others. And so she wrote this, this really thoughtful Instagram post. And then she went on Glennon's podcast and this episode had me weeping guys. I was weeping through this episode again, because I feel like Chelsea and I may have some similarities with how we date and deal with people. And, you know, I think there's a certain type of girl who maybe isn't, and I don't want to speak for her. Obviously you can listen to it yourself, but again, this is me projecting onto Chelsea. Um, you know, she's, she's tough and she, she's funny and cool and she likes to party. And, and it was just nice to see her in love in that way. And so I think that's why so many people, myself included, felt so bought in. So here are some highlights from this episode um, of the, of them. Basically, she just wanted to go on and talk about her breakup in a very raw and honest way. And she cries throughout it. She's so open guys. She's cracked open. She says that in the thing. Um, So the overwhelming message that came through on the pod was she said people can change. And she talked about how by going to therapy and also by this relationship, she has changed. And I love that message because I believe it. And it really just reverberated through my body to hear it. Um, The, you know, hearing these three women talk about it because Glennon does it with her wife, Abby Wambach. Um, And it was very emotional to hear them all agree. They're all three women who have changed so much in their life and for the better, and they continue to change. And I think that that's something we should all keep in mind. Chelsea said she tries to set an example for young women to be true to who you are. And this is so true for me. So this is, again, why it was just so, such an emotional episode for me, because she said, I try to just show young women by, by way of an example that you just need to be who you are, no matter, no matter who that is. And that's how I try to be for you guys, too. So I hope I do that for at least one person out there. Um, They talk about how when you're in pain, the answer is love. And I know that kind of sounds a bit wishy-washy, but that is also something that I try to do in my own life. So whenever I'm feeling down in the dumps, even if I feel like Mr. Depression coming on, I think, what can I do for others? That's actually a a trick my therapist taught me or like go with love, you know, or whether I'm dealing with trolls, I think go with love. They're going through something, go with love. the, the three of them talk a lot about not being reactive. And this is something that I am personally working on. It's difficult. It's difficult not to be reactive, especially because I feel like phones have taught us to be so reactive, right? It's like, oh, you see a picture, like it. Oh my God, you see this comment. Oh my God, a video. Like everything is so bam, bam, bam. But actually 
our brains need more time to process. So Glennon has this thing that's like saved to drafts and that's uh, a trick. So whatever it is, whether you're responding to a weird text you got from a friend or you're responding to a troll or you are dealing with a situation with your partner, Glennon says she said save to draft. It's like a mental trick. And I love that. So I'm going to be using that now more often in my life. That's a practical thing that I learned from this episode where it's like, you know what? You can respond tomorrow. Or if you are literally responding to an email, you can write it and sleep on it. You don't need to send it right away. So that was another practical tip. Okay. Chelsea also says um, she has a strong relationship with the truth. And this was a really interesting part of the podcast because she talks about how she doesn't bullshit. She gives very, very honest advice. And she said sometimes, you know, people feel like that's offensive or whatever, but she just says it like it is way, way, way more than me. And, and I think it's, it's very admirable. And basically they have this interesting conversation in it where Glennon says, you know, people think that being nice is, is the kindest way, but sometimes being honest with someone is the most loving thing you can do. And I guess I do do that with you guys sometimes. Like sometimes sometimes you guys will write to me and be like, oh, this boy hasn't texted me in three weeks. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't like you. And I'm getting faster and better at that because at the beginning I was like, oh, I'm a bit worried. But now I'm like, why? My whole purpose in life is to save you guys time and to make you feel better and to make you feel stronger. So if I think if it's my opinion that he doesn't like you, I might as well say that. So that was a, another good thing. Um, this was super interesting. They have this conversation about being in love with yourself isn't the same as loving yourself. And this is very interesting for people who have an online persona or who are famous like Chelsea, obviously. So, you know, you project this image of yourself and then people are like, oh my God, I love Chelsea Handler. Like she's the best, whatever, whatever. Loving that projection is not the same as really loving yourself, which is complicated idea, but it's very interesting for me. And I think women have such a complicated relationship with themselves because so much of our self-worth is wrapped up in how we look and, and, you know, what people think of us. And people are always saying, oh, you're a good daughter. You're a good wife. You're a good mother, whatever. And I've all, always had this hunch that that kind of fucks us up in a way because we're like, we're always, this is my, this is my opinion, not what they said on the podcast. We're always said we're good in the context of our relationship to others. Have you ever thought about that? Like no one ever just says, oh, they're amazing. It's always like, you're a good this, you're a good that, you're, you're such a good mom, you're such a good sister, you're such a good friend. It's interesting. Now that I've said it, you guys are not going to be able to stop noticing it. Okay. And then the final thing that I'll say without ruining the whole episode, because I loved it so much. Um, well, two things. First of all, Chelsea said a good mental trick is to exhaust your pain like a toddler. So she was saying, you know, she's in extreme pain because of her breakup. She's, she cried throughout the episode. She's so honest and raw. It was, it was honestly beautiful. And they were saying like, how are you dealing with it? And she said, sometimes you just have to exhaust your pain and, and cry and cry and let, let it, let it run around the yard like a toddler. You know what I mean? And then after a while you do have, you do have a finite amount of tears. Like if you cry for six hours, you're going to have a few good hours. So she said, exhaust your pain, which is a good tip that I'll be passing along. If any of you guys are going through a breakup or whatever, like sometimes it's just like exhaust your pain. And the final thing that I want to pass on from this episode is uh, Chelsea says she would have never been able to do this podcast without therapy. She talks about therapy the entire time about her close relationship with her therapist, passes on tips and tricks. And you can tell that she's really worked on herself 
Like it's been years and years of hard work. And I just think it's very cool. And I, it made me even more resolute in saying to you guys that therapy, if you can go to therapy, talk to a therapist, talk to anybody, it is so important. So I can't recommend this episode enough. There are so many books out there, it can be hard to choose one. But becoming a Book of the Month member makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Members get books delivered right to their door and shipping is always free. There's even an app to pick your book and track your reading progress. And there are audiobooks too. So I'm obsessed with this, you guys, because I feel like sometimes I get decision paralysis on what to read next. And the fact that Book of the Month Club, they decide for you, they pick the best because they do all that reading is just fantastic. I love to be in the reading community and book of the month is an incredible way to really get engaged with your reading. Maybe you want to pick it back up for summer. So important to always have a book when you're going on your summer trips, reading by the pool or just reading before bed, which is, as you know, my favorite thing to do. Right now, you can get your first book of the month for just $5 with code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. That's bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS. This Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. I am obsessed with Osea because it is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate neutral certified. And I just know I can feel very safe using everything. My mom loves it too. I always gift her Osea because I know she's obsessed with it. She is a big fan of the body oil. She just loves how soft it makes her skin feel. It is the best. The Andaria Algae Body Oil is seriously one of a kind. Like I said, that's my mom's favorite. It's rich yet never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It leaves skin silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code TINKS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code TINKS for 10% off. Way's new anti-frizz cream provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours plus heat production up to 450 degrees. Okay, so I actually tried Way's new anti-frizz cream on live with my community, which is kind of risky, right, to try a new product on live. I put it on my hair, which as you guys know is level 9 million frizzy. And by the time I had got done finishing my glam, because I was doing glam on live, my hair was dry and I was shook to my core at how smooth my hair looked, especially that frizzy top part, you know, the, in, in your part, all those little baby hairs coming through that frizzy part that was smooth. So shout out way for consistently delivering products that actually work and do what they say they're going to do on the bottle. Frizz free up your schedule with way go to T H E O U A I.com and enter promo code meetings for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I.com promo code meetings. Okay. Episode two. This is probably the first podcast episode that changed my life. If I can remember, because it's, I think it's the one that's the longest to go. And I will never forget this. I will never forget this episode. Okay. So it's on low Bosworth's podcast. It's the love wellness one. And the guest is Aaron Foster. And I believe when I listened to this podcast, I was 28. Okay. And, and the, the episode is on not settling. 
which obviously ding, ding, ding. But when I came to this, this podcast, I wasn't who I am today, guys. I wasn't involved. I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't know what I'm, what job I have. I don't have a boyfriend. Like I'm freaking out. All my friends are getting married. I have actually never met Erin Foster in real life, but when I do, I'm going to thank her for this episode because sometimes it's just the way that someone says something that makes you feel so much better. So in the episode, Erin talks about how she tries a lot of different things in her 20s. She tried to be an actress. It really wasn't working. And then uh, who does this remind you of? Not with the actress thing, but, you know, trying to do a million things in your 20s. And then right when she hit 30, she started to be a writer. She went to a writer's room. And all of a sudden, all of these doors started opening for her because she was in flow and she found what she wanted to do. And everything started to click. And then she thought, she looked around and she said, well, I'm 30 now. I am just getting going in my career. And you're telling me now I have to slow down and look for a partner. Are you crazy? That seems counterintuitive. And she talks about how you need an extra decade between your 20s and 30s, because it's like your 20s are a fucking mess. You don't know what you're doing. Nothing is working. You're just like hitting red light, red light, red light. And then finally you hit 30 and it's like, okay, you only have 12 eggs left. You better find a man. You better settle. You better lock someone down. And you're like, but I just started being good at my job. I relate to this 3,010%. And um, she talks about how when you lean into what you're good at, doors started to start to open. And I have found that true in my life. Um, Lo and Aaron also talk about how giving up can be powerful. Not giving up per se, but saying, eh, actually, this isn't for me. I need to, I need to reroute. I need to move. I need to take a new job. I need to try again. Nothing is permanent. Lowe talks about how she moves from California to New York to California to New York, all in the space of seven years, which made me feel a lot better about my many moves in my 20s. Nothing is permanent. You can change your life tomorrow. You can try something and wake up tomorrow and be like, actually, I want to try something else. And they talk about also the thing that I always say, which is you're not too late and you're not too old, no matter how old you are. Um, they talk about how no one ever lets women enjoy where they are, right? So when you're single, it's like, when are you going to get a boyfriend? When you have a boyfriend, it's like, when are you going to get married? When you have a, when you get married, it's like, when are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have another kid? And it's like, are we just going to do this until we die? Are you literally just going to ask me about the next phase of my life until I die? Kind of seems like it, right? Kind of seems like it. Um, they. So then Erin has a really honest conversation and she said, women in their thirties start to get anxious and they start to feel desperate. And she said that when she met her now husband, she, at the time of this podcast, they were just dating for a year, but now they're married. She was like, I understood why he didn't want to date a woman over 30 because a lot of women over 30, they can, they feel like they're just interviewing guys. And this circles back to what I say about don't date to marry. I mean, again, it's my opinion. It's my non-strategy to not date to marry, but they can smell it. If you're fucking interviewing a guy across the table and you're like, uh-huh, and how many kids do you want? And how do you feel about Westchester? He's going to fucking know. He can smell it. So Erin refused to be that girl freaking out. And she just went out with whoever she wanted. And she was, you know, feeling good in herself. And that's in the end how her now husband, Simon, dropped in. And it's so crazy to listen back to it because she didn't even know that she was going to marry him at the time. And she did. Um, 
They also talk about how there's no formula for happiness, which is again, I mean, this is so foundational for me. Just because you have, you're married and you have kids, it doesn't mean you're happy. And they talk a lot about this and how, therefore, why would you put the pressure on yourself for this one thing? Like, why are, why are people so laser focused on it when it's like, that's not even going to guarantee that you're happy. So you might as well just be happy where you are and things will drop in when they drop in. Guys, I can't tell you how much this episode changed my life. It made me feel like someone had taken a 50 pound weight off of my shoulders. I will never forget listening to it. I remember where I was. I was living in New York at the time finishing grad school. I was walking down the water by where I live and on a rich mom walk. And I was listening to it and I, I broke out in tears because I felt like finally someone was articulating what I was feeling. Finally, someone was saying, Hey, it's okay. If you're not ready yet, it's okay. If you, all your friends are getting married and you just found out what you want to do in life. And at the time I didn't even know what I wanted to do in life. I was so fucking lost. I was like, I don't even know. But the fact that someone who I respected and thought was cool was saying all this, oh my God, it literally felt like someone was giving me emotional CPR, like breathing the life back into me. This one, I'm going to go ahead and say, if I really want a lot of you guys to listen to this. If you feel any type of way about getting older and not settling and not being ready to settle down and changing careers and, you know, being 30, all this stuff, because I would say, I'm going to go ahead and put my dick on the table. This episode was the beginning. It was the seedling of me not being afraid to be 30, to do all this stuff, whatever. Um, so I, I truly, I can't, I can't thank Erin enough. I actually DM'd her the other day and I told her I was preparing this episode and I was like, I've never met you, but I just want you to know that this like this quite literally changed my life. Okay. Next episode. The Skinny Confidential podcast overall pound for pound has probably changed my life more than any other podcast because Lauren and Michael are such unbelievable interviewers. I've learned so much from them. And even though I've only met them once in real life, I do consider them sort of mentors of mine because they taught me how to add value. Every single episode they do, I learn something. That's what I try and probably fail to do with this podcast is not all to do with learning because I feel like mine is a little bit more for entertainment or whatever sometimes, but I try to add value in every single episode that I give you guys. And I, you know who I learned that from? Lauren and Michael. They are an unbelievable duo. They know how to live and they know how to ask the right questions. So the episode that I want to, that really changed me because they introduced me to this person is the third time Ed Milet was on their podcast. The episode is called Unleashing the Person You Are Meant to Be. Okay. If you guys don't know who Ed Milet is, he's a motivational speaker. He's quite amazing. I know that if you look him up, you might, might be thinking like, Tinks, what is this Tony Robbins shit? But if you open your heart and you just honestly listen to what he has to say, he has really affected my life in a positive way for good. And the, the, the three of them together is like crack. Okay. It's literally insane. And if you're feeling in a slump, if you're feeling a bit down in the dumps, then sometimes that raw, raw motivational stuff, sometimes it can help guys. And again, I, I just, I can't emphasize enough how they ask these specific questions for him, like practical advice. Lauren is always going in and saying, but okay, specifically, what can people do tomorrow to help themselves? 
okay, I love that. But can you tell me practically how people can apply that in their lives? And I learned that all from her about how to be specific. That's why I don't tell you guys, oh, go to this cafe. I say, go to the cafe at 4 p.m. Ask for this guy. Make sure you get the chocolate croissant and not the plain one and sit on the table to the left because the lighting is best there for photos. We like specificity. So what do they talk about in this podcast? Um, so Ed talks a lot about how the happiest and richest people in the world identify what their gifts are and use them in service of other people. And I don't know if I've ever, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but when I was in my Saturn return, it doesn't matter if you don't believe in woo-woo stuff. Eh, maybe it does, but I went to Arizona with um, Brian and Case and we went to this like vortex place in Sedona and they were like, oh, do you want to have a birth chart reading from this special woman? And I was like, yeah, I would love that. That sounds great. So I go and I was expecting her to be like, oh my God, like you're amazing. You know how they always kind of like say nice stuff to you, whatever. And I was so, I think I was around 27, living in New York, kind of floundering. I wouldn't say thriving. I would say floundering. And she was like, I'm going to be honest with you. You're being lazy. She was like, you have a lot of gifts that you're not using and it's because you're afraid. And I was flabbergasted. I started bawling. I started bawling. She was like, you have all these things that you really want to do and you're just too afraid to do it. And then she said, this is getting really woo woo, but it doesn't matter because it got me to where I am today. She was like, in your past life, you were a queen. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, love that. I'm queen energy. And she was like, but in this life, that's not what you're supposed to do. In this life, you're supposed to help people. And at this point I was like, got defensive. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't want to become a philanthropist. Like I am in grad school. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm making $100 per article that I write. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I can barely help myself, let alone help others. And she was like, I'm telling you, you are on this earth to help women. And I was like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? I left so annoyed because she called me out for being lazy. And you know, when you're being lazy, kind of in the back of your head, you know, you're being lazy. You're like, yeah, like, um, yeah. I, and I, and I felt that way. And by the way, I also feel like at that time in my life, I was kind of being a bitch and kind of hated myself because I felt like I wasn't reaching my potential anyway. So she told me all this and it didn't, it, it sat with me, but I didn't know how to deal with it. And then when I started getting followers on TikTok, I was like, I know, I know that this is the path. This is how I'm supposed to do it. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. She was right in the end. She was right. So anyway, sorry, tangent, but that, that makes me, that connects with what Ed said, which is happiest people identify what their gifts are and use them in service to others. And now I feel genuinely the happiest I've ever been. And I hope I'm in service to you guys. I, I love helping you. I love my advice. I, I love chatting with you guys all day. I love making people laugh. And so I feel like that was a great note for him to start on. Cause I was like, yes, I relate to that. Okay. What else? Um, he talks about um, the power of one more. And he actually went on to write a book a year later about the power of one more. And I love this trick. This is a practical tip. Okay. So Lauren was asking him, how, how do you get better at things? Like, how do you advance? And he said, I do this thing called one more and it's whatever you're doing, just do one extra one. So if you're in the gym, one extra minute on the treadmill. What does it matter? One extra minute. If you are practicing a skill, 
do it for one extra minute. If you are, if you're in social media, for example, you're trying to become a content creator, post one extra TikTok. If you are, I don't know, you're in sales and you're making calls, do, do one extra call at the end of the day, one extra one. And this has a snowball effect. And also it helps you in, in um, it really helps with self-worth. That's what Ed said, because then you leave whatever you're doing and you're like, I did an extra one. Like I'm worthy. It doesn't matter how small or big it is. It could be, it could be a tiny thing. It could be so small, but it actually really helps you build up your self-confidence because you're like, I can do, I can go above and beyond. I can do a little bit extra. And at the same time, you're getting good at whatever you're doing, which is amazing. Okay. Here's another example. One more. I love you. So, you know, you're going throughout your day and, you know, you're having a fine day. How many times have you said, I love you today? Why don't you to pick up the phone, text a family member, text a friend you haven't seen anymore, send out one more good vibe into the universe. I love that. And I've been doing it since I've listened to this podcast episode. And it really helps. These small little things, these small little changes, they, I think the word is compound. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart right now, guys. Uh, it, it compounds into big changes and to big self-confidence changes. Okay. Another example, you could do it in, in reverse and, and link it back to the um, save to draft things. He said one more second before you respond. So before you're ab about to scream at your spouse or, you know, hit send on a crazy text, one more second, what's one more second going to do? Just another beat. Think about it. Take a breath. I love this. I love this trick. Okay. He also talks about, um, you can change any second. You can create a new character. You can enhance different parts you want to express. And I love this. I love this because I think oftentimes people feel stuck in a rut for much of my twenties. I felt stuck in a rut. I just felt like, oh my God, every month is the same. I don't really know how to begin. Like I don't know how to change. And he talks about how any second you can make a change and it can start small. But that can be uh, a new era for you, a new part of enhancing a different character. Okay, this is the final thing that I want to talk about. This is an amazing thing because oftentimes you guys will write to me and say, I just feel like I'm never going to meet someone or I just feel like I'm never going to be successful or I just feel like I'm never going to feel good in my body. And Ed talks about how the lie is that what we want is far away. It's actually a depth perception issue. His words, not mine. And I think they're brilliant. And I really, really love this. And if you can keep this top of mind, it's amazing. So basically he says that your goals aren't far away, but your belief that they are is making them far away. You thinking, I'm, I'm not gonna meet anybody until I'm 55. Well, then you won't if you genuinely believe that. Or are you thinking I'm never gonna get a promotion or this or that? It's a depth perception issue. And a huge part of it is just, believing that it's closer. And, and also like that kind of connects with what I always say to you guys. Like if I told you that you're going to meet your soulmate in a year, how would you act today? You would be like, you would relax. You would enjoy your life. You would go out and have fun with your friends. You wouldn't be acting all like bajiggity because you, you thought you were never going to meet someone. So it's a depth perception issue. And you always need to believe that good things are coming to you and that you have the power to affect those good things. It's a loop, right? Um, and then he ends on the, on this note of saying one of the most important times is your life. And when you start to identify what your gifts are and start using them to help other people. So I, yes, it's a little rah, rah, motivational speakery, 
I happen to like that. Sometimes I need it. Be in the right mood when you listen to it. But oh my God, if you accept the information, if you really are like a sponge and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take these practical tips, it can really change your life. And also, if you enjoy this one, I highly recommend certain episodes of Ed Milet's podcast. He's he's pretty amazing. He's pretty amazing. Um, and also every single thing that Lauren and Michael do is so good. I really had a hard time picking which episode from their uh, library to, to Uh, pick because so many of them have had a profound effect on me and not just in a spiritual, emotional way. Also with products and stuff, they have the best experts, you know, they have doctors, they have all these people and they just, they just know everything. They're amazing. I love them so much. So I have a trip planned to Palm Desert coming up and I booked an Airbnb because I wanted to be with all of my friends. This house we booked has a beautiful pool. So you guys know I will be catching some rays and doing a little bit of tanning. I know a few friends who have houses and when they're away, whether it's on a trip or they're traveling for work, they just Airbnb their houses. So they're like actively making money while they're away, which is kind of the dream, right? Like passively making extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie and I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. But the next episode is another Aaron. It's Aaron and Sarah Foster's podcast. Um, I think it's called the world's first podcast. Very funny. The girls are funny. And it's the one that I have literally not shut up about since I listened to it last week. Uh, the power of individuality with Todd Rose. Okay. This episode, I think it should be taught in schools. I am not joking you. This made me feel simultaneously so good and so bad. It made me feel validated, but it also made me feel absolutely horrified for the future. Basically, Todd Rose is um this researcher. He wrote a book on the power of individuality, how we basically have no individuality anymore. Okay. Um, so it's all about like cancel culture and our opinions online. And I'll just go through some of the points that really stuck with me. So first of all, he said something very interesting about self-esteem. He said, self-esteem is the judgment of yourself against the alignment of your beliefs and behaviors. Wow. That was a big unlock for me because I think before, if you'd asked me to define self-esteem, I'd be like, I don't know, like how you feel about yourself, whatever, but it's so true. It's how you, it's the judgment of yourself against your beliefs and behaviors. So like, if you think, um, if you have a certain set of morals and you're acting against those morals, you will have low self-esteem. So it's like the more in alignment you are, the better, but then here's where it gets crazy. Okay. He says, you assume your behaviors are wrong because I bet when I just said that you were thinking, oh yeah, like when I act crazy or I get really drunk, like that's not in alignment with like my, whatever my beliefs, but here's the crazy part. Your beliefs could be wrong. So for example, you could think he talks, I'll give you his example because it's easy to understand. He grew up Mormon. And so for a long time, he had low self-esteem because he wasn't living in alignment with being super strict Mormon or whatever. 
But it turns out for him, Mormonism wasn't right. So it was actually his belief that he needed to fix, right? So I'm trying to apply it to my own life and think like, I'll give you, I guess like you can always take the example of my 20s. Like I thought I had very low self-esteem in my 20s because I wasn't achieving what I thought were my goals. Like I wasn't married. I didn't have, I wasn't like a writer at Vogue. Um, I didn't like buy a house. I didn't have kids, all this stuff. Turns out it wasn't my behavior that was wrong. It was my beliefs that were wrong, right? Those weren't actually what I was, my beliefs that I was going for. I hope that makes sense. They explain it better on the podcast. Okay. So they talk about the power of peer pressure, basically. And so Erin says she has this vivid memory of when she's growing up and all of her friends were smoking cigarettes and she really didn't want to, but she didn't say no because she was like, thought people would think that she's a loser or whatever. And then there was another girl and she was like, ew, I don't want a cigarette. That's disgusting. And everyone was like, oh yeah, maybe we should stop smoking or whatever. And Erin asks Todd, like, why didn't I just say that? Um, and it's And it's true. It's really hard. It's really hard in those moments to stand your ground. The crazy thing is Todd explains that if you think something strongly and you stand your ground, people will respect you more because right now we're definitely in an age of people self-silencing, right? Even if we have a strong belief, we're like, oh, well, people like me more if I just agree with the group. And he explains that's actually false, which in for me in my life, that makes me feel so validated because when I, whenever I say an opinion to you guys, whether it's stupid and small or big, you guys are like, wow, like, I appreciate that you said that. I mean, most of you, some banana brigade are obviously like, you know, having a melt as always, but on the whole, it's so true. And then I started thinking about the people that I like to follow and who I respect. And they're always the people who just say their opinion, no matter what, even if it's unpopular, I think it's so fucking cool. So in that instance, it, made me even more resolute to say my opinions and not qualify. I'm, I know I'm so bad. I qualify absolutely everything guys, but it's because it's because I have fear and it's because of the banana brigade. It makes me feel very stressed out, but it made me even more resolute to just be like, no, I think brunch is disgusting. I think karaoke is disgusting. I think the pressure on influencers to post the same infographic every time there's a tragedy is honestly stupid. Boom. Okay. Uh, he said two thirds of Americans don't tell the truth about their opinions. Two thirds to me, that is a state of national emergency. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Two thirds of Americans don't say their real opinions. They lot people lie. It's that's nuts to me and really freaked me out. He explained that your brain thinks that the loudest voices are the majority, the vocal fringe. 80% of content is made up by 10% of users on Twitter. So, so you go on and you see these opinions and you're like, oh man, I guess everyone else believes that, but that's not true. It's only the fringe because right now the fringe has the power on both sides. doesn't matter. It's not about politics. It's both extremes, right? And that's a really dangerous position to be in because then the normal people in the middle, and I am going to say normal. Yeah. Because people extremes on both ends are not normal. Then they silence themselves. It's crazy. You guys have to listen to this episode. Um, so he says how our conformity is hurting everybody. We are catering to the vocal fringe. And social media is a problem because it can make them seem bigger than they are. And that's true. Sometimes I go on social media and I'm like, wow, everybody is like so extreme. And I guess I'm the only person who doesn't think that way. That's not true. But social media is amplifying the fringe and then we don't speak up. So I'm going to rage against that, you guys. I am. 
guilt by association. So he talks about how even if someone is being canceled and you know that they're a good person, no one will stick up for them because they're so afraid of guilt by association, even if they know. And like Sarah gives an example of like her friend who was canceled and she wished them a happy birthday publicly and and the, and everyone. And then she felt really scared to do that and whatever. And obviously that part resonated with me a lot. <laughs> um, here's how we know we are being controlled by the fringe when we make it a yes, no thing. This was a very interesting point. So Todd says, this is how we know we are completely fucked and we're being controlled by extremes on both ends because now we're in a world where it's like, well, if you don't post this, then you're this. If you don't do this, then you're this. And that's just not true. That's just not true. But we are living in this extreme world now. So again, like I said, it was, it's a very scary episode to listen to, but for me personally, as someone who spends the majority of their life online, extremely validating, highly, highly recommend this. Okay. And then my last episode is mm, kind of a cheat because I really just wanted to talk about my book that I just read, but it did change my life because it led me to think more about this person. It is the goop podcast, Gwyneth Paltrow interviewing Stanley Tucci. And it's a really sweet episode. And Stanley Tucci, he's amazing. I mean, he's, we love him. We know him. He's had a crazy life. It, it's really sad. He actually was so in love with his first wife. Like they had beautiful marriage. They had kids, young kids. And then she very sadly got cancer and passed away. Then he films Devil Wears Prada. And, um, and by the way, this is all under the guise of Stanley Tucci who's obsessed with food and I'm obsessed with food. And I love to share food with people. And I love to show my love through food. And I love to cook with my boyfriends. I love to host dinner parties. Like I, I am, I hate this word. I'm a foodie. So that's, sorry, that's the umbrella with which, and Gwyneth is too, obviously. So then he goes to film Devil Wars Prada and Emily Blunt's in it. We fucking love Emily Blunt. She's a queen. We all love her. Right. And she obviously knows that he's lost his wife and like how amazing he is, whatever. And she has this sneaking suspicion that like maybe her sister and him would get along. So at her wedding to John Krasinski, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She sits Stanley Tucci next to her um, sister, Felicity. I think that's her name. Yeah. And, um, and, and lo and behold, they fall in love and they get married. Now I'm not ruining anything by the, by the episode. Cause this is what the episode's about. Then um, a bit, a bit later there's, he has more kids with his new wife and they're really happy and like, so cute. Um, he gets a tumor on his tongue and it's just so insane because he is the biggest foodie ever. Like he's obsessed with food. And I read more about it in his book and he's completely obsessed with food. He, he lives his life through food and he gets cancer on his tongue only a few years after he's lost his wife from cancer. I mean, it's just, it's incomprehensible. And they're like, okay, well, you, you maybe will lose your taste and all this stuff. And he has to go through intense, awful, horrific chemo, loses tons of weight, can't taste anything. And the thing that he loves the most in the world, food is taken away from him because he can't keep anything down. He has to have a feeding tube. And so the podcast and also the book, I'm kind of conflating the two because if you'd listen to one, you're going to have to read the book because it's so fucking fantastic. Um, what did I take from this? Uh, it just, well, firstly, on a very basic level, it made me really proud to be obsessed with food because I 
I think I'm definitely the most obsessed with food in my family. My my mom is definitely like one of those people who's like eat to live. Um, and my dad likes food, but you know, he does like food. We do, we do relate to each other on that note. And my brother is very picky eater. We do love the, some of the same foods, but he's not, he's not a foodie, I would say. So first of all, it made me very proud to be someone who is constantly thinking about food because I think sometimes growing up, it can be shameful if you're one of those people who you wake up and you're like, what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner. And you know me, I'm always researching restaurants and I'm always so anal about like where I go and whatever. And I've, I've just always been obsessed with food. So it made me very proud. It made me feel very um, happy to be in that clan with Stanley Tucci and Gwyneth and all that good stuff. Um, and the second thing that this episode made me feel is like the power of resilience. It's not explicitly about that, but hearing him go through and thank goodness he's made a full recovery, which is phenomenal. And so relieved obviously, but hearing someone just go through those challenges and the resilience and the, and the grace with which he handles them and articulates his pain and all that is just, it's very inspiring to me. And then the final thing that I want to say about this episode, this is kind of an abstract uh, episode that I picked. But anyway, if you listen to this episode and then you read his book, which is called Taste, I cannot recommend the book enough. I want you to hear how he talks about his late wife and his current wife and the people that he loves and the things that he does for them and how he adores them. And then I want you to if you are single or you're dating or whatever, I want you to compare that to some of the behavior that you've excused during dating. Now, some people might find this depressing and they listen to it and they think, oh my God, I'm never going to find a guy like that. Not for me, not for me. I listen to it and I think that's exactly what I want. I want a guy who notices the way that I cut my meat. I want a guy who notices exactly how I take my coffee on the first date or whatever. Not I want, I'll have. and. Again, it's all about perception. It's all about perception. So to me, I just found it to be the most lovely. I mean, he's the loveliest man. He, I fantasize about him and I, I do it respectfully because I know he's married, but like, and I don't, it's not like a sexual thing. It's just like, I just love him and I want him to be my friend and I want him to think I'm cool, but it's just, it's just amazing. And it also made me know, made me completely certain I need to marry a fellow foodie. You can't really not if you're on my level. I mean, I told you guys about the one time I went to the, on a date with this guy who's really cool, really, really cool, hot, older guy. We sat down and he was like, oh, I don't know. I'll have pasta. That's what he said to the waiter. He's like, whatever pasta. And I was like, are you kidding me? And no starter and no starter. I was like, well, we're at a really fancy restaurant in LA. And I was like, are you serious? are you serious? I, I looked at the menu before I came. I thought we were going to split a pasta to start. I want to talk about the food. I want to talk about the potatoes. So a really lovely note to end on. Wow. That was a behemoth episode. I hope you guys loved it. Um, I'll do more if you guys like it of different things. I could do books. I could do products. Um, but I hope you listen to at least one of them. And I hope you take something from it because like I said, it's all about sharing information. I certainly fucking don't have all the information, but my ears are always open and I like to pass on what I know. So hope it was helpful. Hope that was a nice start to your week. And I love you guys tons. Talk soon. Bye. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. 
From big feelings to small messages, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. With Pandora's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to show what's in your heart. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with handwritten charms or a personal engraving. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. 